Today on the podcast, we have Captain Pam Mayner, editor of the Salvation Army Peer Magazine. But we don't want to speak down, you know, to our young people. I feel like often we just think, you know, we got to just make it understandable, you know, like just so we, we, we shouldn't be talking down to young people. This is a very, like, intelligent generation for crying out loud. We've got to, we've got to challenge them in their faith and, and not hold back on that and speaking truth, but also speaking depth. Deep cries out to deep, and we've got to speak speak that depth uh, to our audience. Welcome to Captain's Corner, a podcast about community, mission, and culture. This podcast is a ministry of the Salvation Army of Tampa, where we exist because we believe every person can be the person God has called them to be. Please check us out at tampasa.org and give us a follow on Twitter at Sal Army Tampa. And of course, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. We'd like to take a moment to recognize our sponsors for helping to make this podcast possible. Thank you to RegisterToRing.com and to a very generous anonymous donor. We hope you guys enjoy the episode. Hi, and welcome to Captain's Corner. Captain Andy Miller here coming to you from Tampa, Florida. And I have on the line Captain Pam Maynor from our national headquarters in the Washington, D.C. area. Welcome, Pam. Hi, everybody. Thank you, Andy. It's great to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, absolutely. And we're sorry. We, we had hoped that we'd be able to have your husband, Keith, both of you my friends from for several years now. I had hoped that we could have Keith on here, but he had to, well, isn't available today. But we'll be focusing in here with Pam and hope that we can get Keith on at a future time. Time. Pam is the editor of Peer Magazine. That is that the title of your appointment, or, or are you the assistant national that, publications you, person? You what? nailed it the first time. Okay. You nailed it the first time. I'm the editor of Peer. Yep, that's correct. Great. Well, maybe maybe as we before we get going, we want there's some of you might know that Salvation Army has made a pretty big change in the nature of our publications um, per, with youth and as that comes from our national headquarters. And that's part of why we brought Pam on here. But you'll notice already just in a few words that Pam has a different accent. Pam, tell us a little about yourself and where, where you're from originally. Sure, I'd love to. I forget I have an accent, Andy. Oh, so it's really yeah, we have that's the accents, right? Question. We have the accent. Yes, that's right. But um, I'm South African. Yes. I was born there and raised there, went to college there. Then met my husband in Cincinnati, Ohio, and then we, the rest is history. I thought I was going to go back to South Africa, okay. but after meeting Keith, plans changed and went into training, and now we're in our third appointment here at National, and it's, it's been a blast. But my accent has not changed. It's not it changed? Funny? Yeah, you, it's still I pretty still, strong. No, not yet. Okay, Why now not? now you, you, you can't just move go from South Africa and say, oh, yeah, we met in Cincinnati. Well, how did you get to Cincinnati? Uh, well... Um, I got to Cincinnati. That's it's a long story, okay, but I'll, okay. I'll keep it short. But um, I I went to the states in my senior year of college, okay. and um, it was with inner city children that I was working at a, at a Salvation Army camp. And the Lord really stirred my heart that I need to go back and work with those exact same children. Wow! And camp so I, I accepted a job. Actually, yes, but I was working at um, uh, another camp that was in Delaware in the same division. Oh, was that the Columbus, the Columbus Air Command? Yeah, okay. That's correct, yes. So that camp has since uh, closed, but at that point, I was still working with those kids. And so came over, and the Lord really stirred my heart to be a missionary 
in that context. Yes. And I thought, man, you know, South Africa is the one that really gets missionaries. Yeah. But the Lord laid that so heavily on my heart. And so I applied, was accepted, came to Cincinnati, worked with those same kids. And within weeks, I met Keith. Gotcha. And, um, and your, your maiden name is Tuck. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. So, yeah, yes, and that's, that's kind of a well, I mean, there's several, I mean, I don't mean to, uh, well, like, um, influential salvation. It's like your, your dad and your uncle, mm. um, your, I mean, I, I've read so articles great. by them. Your, your uncle Brian yes. was yes. a, is a theologian of sorts and, um, really appreciate his writing through the years. Um, so. yes, I really treasure the heritage, um, that I have in my family and, my 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 uncle passed away two years ago. My my mom and dad retired as um, the commissioners, the, the territorial leaders of South Africa. And since they retired, they've been running a corps okay. ever since. So they're they're corps officers for the past ten years, and um, they're doing really well in uh, the town actually that they met and were married. That's where they retired and are running their corps. So oh, they're wow. doing really well. Do you get get back to see them very much? I do, yes. I try as much as I can uh, to try and get back. Uh, it's very expensive, isn't it, to make yes, overseas yes. trips? But but I do try as much as I can, and it's always wonderful to see them. And they usually put me, you know, down to do home league or preach at the core or sure. something fun. So it's always good to go back. Now, and before we go too much further into peer stuff, you also have three other really important people in your life. You have your own three oh, kids. Yes. Tell us about them. I do. So Chase is our oldest daughter. She's 10. She was born in New York, our yeah. first appointment at a core. And then we have Riley, who's our second daughter, eight years old. She was born uh, at camp, actually, when we were DYSs in okay. New Jersey. I went into labor, Andy. Can you believe this? At On camp. camp. Can you oh, that? wow. Yes, I sure did. And then uh, we have our son, Liam. The he famous Liam. Here in Virginia. Yes. And he is four years old. Okay, yeah. Well, it, so you guys, your first appointment was in New York. You were close to Houghton College, is that right? So there's kind of unique right. youth ministry there. Yes. Then DYS is in. Core was Wellsville. What, yep. was, what was that core again? I'm sorry. A Wellsville, Wellsville core, okay, and it gotcha. was yes. We had an SASF fellowship at Houghton College. And then you had youth work in New New Jersey, is that right? Where you said yes. Okay. Camp Tecumseh. Yep. And, and then from there to NHQ. There, yep. That's correct. Okay. And that's where we are now. We're in our fifth year now at NHQ, and um, it's just been incredible to be serving in this place and really get a, a national view of what God's doing in the Salvation Army. Um, it's been phenomenal. Right. It's a unique role that you have. You know, it kind of demonstrates the versatility that Salvation Army officers have to have. Um, I don't. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong, but my guess is you probably didn't spend your much of your life thinking you'd be an editor of a magazine. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I yes, I've been asked that question before, and um, yeah, I mean, I studied to be a school teacher. Mm -hmm. You know, um, things work differently in South Africa, where when you're studying education, your majors are the subjects that you can teach in high school. So my majors were English and music, mm -hmm. and I thought I'd be an English teacher, never editing a magazine. Yeah. So 
Um, but uh, you know, the spelling in South Africa is different to American spelling. I've had to I've had to relearn everything. Andy, but, you know, it's been such a joy, such a joy, and um, I just love it. I'll do I'll do wherever whatever God needs me to do. You know, to reach people for His kingdom. And when I was assigned this appointment, um, you know, you you just you you have a sense of humility. Mm-hmm. Just uh, at the sense of God's calling, not knowing where He's going to put you, and sometimes, not, of course, not having the experience uh, when you're thrown into an appointment you've never done before. But right. God equips. You know, I think His His equipping is is what qualifies us, right. and um, and just His dependence on His Spirit for sure. Yeah, so, so one of the things is unique you have to do is like, I mean, imagine there's some technical realities of layouts and graphics and oh, yes. printing, yes. Um, like the quality Absolutely. of paper, I mean, all these type of things. But it, but the big picture, I, maybe I'm wrong, just correct me if I, if I am, is communicating a message. And I would hope Amen. that Salvation Army officers, that is something that we're good at developing. I mean, it's kind of trending oh. now to say developing content. Um helping youth within the Salvation Army and outside of the Salvation Army grasp grasp spiritual themes that are connected to um, our theology and how God's revealed himself through scriptures. So those type of things I imagine you can get excited about. Yes, absolutely, 100%. And it's a little, um, you know, it's challenging because we don't always see the fruit of that ministry because um, we're we're at a headquarters. We're sending this resource out on the field. We don't always uh, get to interact with people who are reading that article except at our own call, of course, or at invitations when we're speaking. But um, we just pray and do a lot of, um, dialogue through social media. Hey, is this relevant? Is this on on point? What topics do you want us to address? What do you really want to talk about? Mm-hmm. And then we try our best to be as relevant as we can. But yes, communicating the gospel, um, talking about Jesus, that gets me excited. Yes. Um, the, the challenge is doing it in a way that young people will actually want to engage right. and want to, to, whether it's picking it up, picking up their phone and reading it there or checking it out online or on social or a magazine, because believe it or not, there are many Gen Z, uh, members of Gen Z that would pick up a magazine as well. And I'm navigating through that as well and, and just learning as I go along. Okay, so you said several things there I think that I'd like to unpack uh, for a little bit here. And that is trying to figure out how we take this message, this the function of our message of preaching the gospel and meeting human needs in Jesus' name without discrimination and the richness of our 11 articles of faith and our history as the Salvation Army and oh. a part of the global church as well um, and communicating it to a new message. Now, I, I can remember back in the days um, when, now this show my age a little bit, I, you and I are about the same age. So then I would I remember there being, it was called The Young Soldier and it was a black and white magazine, um, yes. pink pages. Then event, I was really mm-hmm. excited about the same time and I might have the years off. We had The Young Salvationist came out and it was this fresh, edgy 1990s sort of feel along with Corkett right. Exchange at the same time. So we adapted in the 90s there and it seemed like it was time for, again, tell, talk me through what's, what was kind of uh, behind the desire to change, um, and then we'll get into yes. the change itself here in a little bit too. Absolutely. Well, um, you know, it was 1880 um, when. Whoa, we're really going back. Uh, 1880. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're going. I way thought you were going 1980. Know, right? That's what I was and, talking about. Let's go all the way back. So Sit back, folks. We got a little ways to right? go. So, like, yes, 139 years. Like, think about. Like, it just blows your mind. 
And uh, there's a, a story communicated where um, a Salvation Army meeting was um, happening in a Wesleyan chapel in Blyth, England. Okay. And there were so many people gathered in the meeting that the, 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 the whole hall was just absolutely packed and it was filled. And there was a child standing outside the door and there was no room for her to enter. Wow. And the officer, whose name was Captain John Roberts, his heart was so moved seeing her. And now there was no room for her in this meeting. And the line that's quoted in his book um, is, tell your friends that there will be a special meeting next Friday at 6 o'clock, right? Mm -hmm. So he tells uh, this little girl, she runs off, and that next week, July the 30th, 1880, uh, a ton of kids came, and that meeting was the beginning of the Salvation Army's work with children. Wow. Now, what is so amazing is that the work of what God was doing among those children, it spread so rapidly. Children were being saved. Our children had testimonies and stories of what God was doing in their lives that they started filling the pages of the war cry. And William Booth said, hmm, um, I think that we need to start a children's paper because these kids are on fire for Jesus and they're filling the paper. Right? Wow. The cry. So um, a year later, he said, uh, you know what? These young people need their own paper and it's going to be called The Little Soldier. The Little the Soldier. Very man who's right, and the very man who started that, those children's meetings, Captain John Roberts, he was to be the editor. And so when I read that story, you know, it said Captain Robert's heart was moved, but my heart was moved. And I was thinking, wow, Lord, how many young people are standing outside the doors of our core, wow. of our buildings, you know, and they're not hearing the gospel through this publication that is very um, salvationist in name and in content, right, which is right. a beautiful thing. It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing, but is there a way that we can still embrace the Salvationist and have the magazine reach people within our core, but be Salvationist in mission and in purpose and Amen. think of young people standing outside. And that's where we really began to question, okay, is the young Salvationist, even the title, understood by young people? Today? Right, right, yeah. Is that relevant? Um, the content, when we refer to core or officer... Oh, you're, um, you're speaking are, my language are, here. Are, Keep going, yes. Right, like, is that is that understood? And right. if we're really going to be serious about reaching people standing outside that door, if our hearts are going to be moved, then it can't just be moved. We've got, we got to do something about it. We've got to have some action here, and we've got to get serious. And so the conversation began, and um, the editor-in-chief at the time was Colonel uh, Alan Sadley, just a beautiful man of God who I learned so much from in his tenure here at National mm -hmm. Headquarters. Yes. And he just gave the go-ahead. He's like, yes, yes, Pam, uh, start researching, start um start finding out what we need to do. And so I just came to him with proposal after proposal, found a company, beautiful Christian company, Medleap Creative, based out of Atlanta, mm -hmm. who um, have done redesign of publications before many, many uh, top publications. And they love the Lord. They love the mission of the Salvation Army. And they came alongside me, and they just, they just taught me and took me under their wing and um, we had, you know, of course, a national publication changing its name. Had to go to the general for his approval. Oh wow! I didn't realize With that. Yeah, yeah. And we had to give a rationale. Why do we want to change this? I mean, it's, you know, there's a lot of history there. There's a lot of heritage there right, with the right. name. And I think when they, as soon as they understood, uh, really the heart behind this, 
um, it was just constant support, constant yes, of course, move ahead, take the next step, take the next step. So it was a very exciting venture. And of course, the whole way we're just praying, oh Lord, please um, keep us close to your heart because this is a very big change and we don't want it just to be a change for the sake of change. We want this to be change for the sake Amen. of the kingdom right, and right. reaching people for the Lord. So, Okay, now so you yeah, said a so lot there. Let me... Let me... Story behind it. I want to not miss a few of these key missional uh, pivots that you made. Um, it's mm-hmm. really key for us to be able to think about how we adapt to a given context. And of course, that's what Catherine Booth said. The, Catherine Booth mentioned the, the greatest strength of the army was adaptability mm-hmm. in her book, um, Aggressive Christianity. It was like the adaptation of measures is the way that the, the Salvation Army distinguished itself. But, of course, it's so hard for a 154-year-old movement to be able to not get rusted into the measures that worked in a previous generation. So, for instance, you, like you, you mentioned the idea of the language core. I mean, essentially okay. now in the United States, I don't know uh, in other countries, it would be true in South Africa, when, when you say the word core, it almost requires translation. It's like you yeah, might as absolutely. well put something in a completely different language That's correct. Um, because people yes. won't know what you mean by core. Now, of course, I know that there's rich depth in the military image of the Salvation Army mm-hmm. with a part of the work that we want to do. Like we believe God has commissioned us and raised us up to bring salvation to the That's world right. and that we get to participate with the Spirit mm-hmm. in a variety of places there. But it, but still, my our goal individually at an individual level is for people to come to know Jesus and experience the whole yes. gospel. Yes. Um, it might be that as I'm trying, as we're trying to get people's attention using the word core, C-O-R-P-S, of course, there's ch- different challenges mm. within even the spelling of that word. Um, right. It, it might not get be, it might get in our way. Um, and and right. even saying your mission, I mean, is, is a army's broad mission, but of the magazine of publications, you weren't able to accomplish your mission by by identifying it as you know the young young soldier, the young salvationist. Um, these these words were preventing you. Do you think is it is it safe to say they were preventing from you from your mission from accomplishing your mission? I think if we did not provide a clarifying yes. word following every salvationist terminology that is misunderstood. Um, I think yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I thought we have to actually, after the word core, you know, put church. And again, even church that doesn't encompass everything right, that a core right, right. does. You know what? I mean? There's so much service, but of course, yes, it's connected to the mission of reaching people for this, you know, the salvation of the lost. But yes, we that was that was essential in our in the whole mission of this of this redesign and of really assessing what will be effective for the kingdom. You know, um, so yeah, that was, we had to take a really hard look at that. Did you have to prove to leadership? Of course, you're not, even though you're the editor, you have, uh, as you mentioned, uh, Alan Satterley, who's, you know, a a sharp thinker, somebody we, I've appreciated through the years, but then you also have a national commander, you have four territorial commanders, and you even had to take it all the way to the general. So did you have to convince them that the old measures weren't working? Um, I didn't uh, have to even state what you just stated. Okay. All that I said was, because I did meet with the national commander, I was called into commissioners' conference with all the commissioners there around the table, and then, of course, wrote proposals 
for Commissioner Hudson to take to the general to right. present all this on. I think in every scenario, I was able to simply communicate our desire to reach non-salvationist young people. Okay. And if we're going to do that, you know, we need to be inclusive with our language. And it was just a beautiful, it was met with beautiful support and understanding, of course. Yes, uh, go for it, because we want this understood. We want, we want them to understand what the Army stands for. So we even went so far as to, on our website, peermag.org, we created a, um, an entire section called About the Salvation Army. Hmm. And what we did was um, really listed in accordion style every uh, you know, aspect of the Army that might seem just very foreign to, to somebody who's never grown up in the army, you know, mm. our, our ranks, our yep. terminology, our, our flag, what is that, our uniform, our training school, and so on. And then what I did was I asked officers um, from literally around the world to answer the question, what is that in your language? What, what does that mean, you know, mm -hmm. and to try and make it very conversational. And our hope is, yeah, check it out, learn about our army, because if you're looking at it from the outside in, it it could be very misunderstood, and we we want it. We want people to understand it. We want them to know our heart and our mission behind the terminology and behind everything that we stand for. So you said something that might even be controversial. You might not know it. I I think it could be. Is that you said <laughs> you brought to the um, general at all that this was. A fo there was a focus on non-salvationists. Of course, the magazine was called the Young Salvationist, right? Uh, and it used to be called the Young Soldier and the Little Soldier. So it was almost intentionally internal. I mean, it, it, and I, that's how I've always looked at it. Honestly, I've looked at it as well. This is something that will take the 1,200 Salvation Army Corps around the United States, and all of the youth there can yep. sense that they have connections with other youth who are involved in the yep. Salvation Army, um, and let's encourage and fortify them in their own discipleship. Right. Um, that's right. kind of what I've looked at as a purpose. 100%. Of... Now... No, absolutely, Andy. I've actually said that uh, to other people that I'd spoken to is this is a very internal magazine, which, as you've just explained, that has a place for sure. But I was thinking of the aspect of stewardship, you know, for us as as the army and the only youth publication across the nation. Oh yeah. Could right. we think broader? Could we think broader than just being an internal publication and really think of our uh, the history of salvationism, which is always to reach the lost. Right, and right. Not only think about inside. And so really tackling this new publication from the standpoint as this could be a publication that can build up and edify and challenge um young salvations because we certainly don't want the young salvations to be excluded and say right, oh, this right, isn't right. for you now anymore you know but we want to be embracing basically the image that keeps kept coming to my mind over and over again is a, a church with open doors we're a church with open doors so let's let's think of the publication like that and also just to clarify something you said I, I, what I said what was communicated to the general is not that this would be solely for the non-salvation right okay good good but but for the salvationist and the non-salvationist, right. that's what was communicated, is we want to be the church with open doors. We And 
that was met with with nothing but support. Yes, wonderful. Well, that's, of course, the way you position that message is so key. It's Because if we are going to just go for non-salvationists, well, then don't send it to any cores, right? There is right. a need for um, this niche group of you know people who are growing up and being discipled in the Salvation Army, like our children. Yes. And so... Um, yes. Like I have a 12, 10, and 8-year-old, and I'm glad for them to have that magazine to open up. And there's distinctives that are helpful, particularly like in our, yeah. from our Wesleyan holiness theological tradition. And you know, it was interesting, though, as we we're, I mean, even going back all the way to John Roberts in 1880, there's this kind of a little tension within the first 50 years of the Salvation Army, I would think. And I know that I know this is something that you've studied a bit, and I know your um, brother-in-law is is and, and sister are really keen on on this subject. Um, there's almost like a tension about rather or not the Salvation Army should even do any youth work <laughs> in those days because we are primarily not that wasn't our focus. Our focus um, in wow. London's East End was different. So th- there was an evolution even at that point in 1880 that mm-hmm. needed to come mm-hmm. about. Wow, that's that's phenomenal. I I wasn't aware of that, Andy. So you're enlightening me here too. But I think praise God that they did have a youth yes. ministry. Praise the Lord, because I think you know uh, we often say you know young people are our future, but I disagree with that. I mm-hmm. think they're our present. They're now. They're not the leaders of tomorrow. They're leaders of today. You know, our children can be leading children, their peers, to Jesus at their school. You know, right, right. Or, or in their communities, like there is no less of the Holy Spirit at work within young people than adults. And so I think uh, that the army prioritized starting youth ministry in 1880. Praise God that they did. I, I'm so thankful for that. This episode of Captain's Corner is brought to you by an anonymous donor who loves the ministry of the Salvation Army and RegisterToRing.com. Register to Ring is the simple way to sign up to ring bells at the Salvation Army. Ringing bells is a cherished holiday tradition, and money raised goes directly to help people in need in your community. To volunteer to ring in your community this holiday season, go to registertoring.com to sign up today. You can sign up as an individual or a group. Just go to registertoring.com. And let me just add that in Tampa, this has been a blessing to have Register to Ring in place. We've had a great expansion of our volunteer efforts because of Register to Ring. So check that out today. And our thanks to these sponsors for their help in producing Captain's Corner. David Taylor is an officer in the, in the UK, and he, he wrote a doctoral dissertation that's been published. It's called um, uh, Like a Mar- Mighty Army. And he suggests that the army made a transition from being mission to army to church. And he looks at that as a positive direction. And one thing that is interesting in that move is that as we develop as a church, that means we start to put systems in place. And of course, some people are very resistant within the Salvation Army to a language church. Mm-hmm. But it, essentially, we're talking about a theological understanding of the nature and a sociological understanding of what it means to be a body, a group of people who are serving one another with a mission, moving forward in a certain direction. Um but one of those, like a sociological shift in that, is coming to a place of recognizing that we have a responsibility for nurturing and developing and discipling other believers. Mm-hmm. I had this interesting moment where I was with uh, Dr. Roger Green, who's probably you know the most um, significant scholar of William Booth, yes. and I said, "Well, 
what would have William Booth thought about, I was talking about the sacraments at that moment, the sacraments mm-hmm. for, for me, a sixth generation officer in 2019. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, he wasn't thinking about 2019. He said, he, he didn't think there would be there was going to be such a thing as a sixth generation salvationist. He didn't think there would be an art, like the army wasn't going to be in 1920, much less 2020. So these are the type of shifts. And I just applaud you and Keith. Mm. I mean, for what some, and this includes like some of the things that Keith's doing with rolling out orange, but you too now making this shift, recognizing Mm. we have to do something else, not just for our youth, but to think about how we can have a, a double barrel approach to reaching people. So as you've gotten into this, you've probably had to look at, oh, would you want to respond to anything? I know I just said a lot there. Uh, I, I, was, yes, I was moving no, to another was, section. Uh, Go was, ahead. That was a mouthful, but that was awesome. <laughs> no, I was soaking it all in, Andy, soaking it all in. I, I think I would just respond, and I think, yes, stepping out there and um, suggesting change, it definitely does take courage. Right. But I think what I've learned through through that is, um, you know, not changing for the sake of changing, right. but really being led by the Spirit of God. I think when the when the Holy Spirit is behind the change that is being suggested or, or motivated or initiated, then I think He's just going to carry us Amen. as He does, right? Yes. And, and He's just going to uh, inspire and breathe wisdom and hope, because wherever there is um, innovation, there's got to be room for failure too. Amen. You know? And and we're certainly not perfect. We've certainly made mistakes, even in you know this journey that we've been on. You know, we launched in January with a brand new website and a brand new publication, and we're learning. But I think uh, just staying close to the heart of God, and um, just following what He wants and desires, and I think having um, just vision to see um, what does God want to do beyond this. And not just being satisfied with where we are because it's what we've always done. Right. But um, asking the right questions, um, asking good questions, right. and being willing to step out and do something about it. And I, honestly, I just praise God because it has absolutely nothing to do with me. God surrounded me with phenomenal leaders mm-hmm. in every stage of of this journey that were so in tune to His Spirit that just said, uh, yes, yes, go, go to the next step. Yes, move on. Yes. Amen. And... Um, so I just praise God. There's so much to be thankful for um, along the way. Well, let's get into sure. a little bit of that change, too, of, of like what's actually happened. So you, you've identified and you made it very clear your audience is like certainly Salvationist Youth are a part of that. But you wanted to do something that could help help the Army's message appeal to non-Salvation as well. So we got that side. But who is your general—I mean— if, if you had me do a youth magazine, it'd probably look like something from the late 90s, early 2000s, which, you know, would be baggy jeans <laughs> Andy, and, you know, DC talk. No, it's listen. not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> Even for me, though, right? I mean, uh, it's definitely a challenge. Well, listen, Young Salvationist reached 14 to 28-year-olds. One of the first 14 to 28 or 14 to 20? Yes. Oh, wow. That's a big group. 28. Massive, massive. I mean, we were trying to reach both Gen Z and Millennial. I mean, if you just Google difference between Millennial and Gen Z, you will realize the stark differences between those two generations. And often we clump them together, but whoa, completely different. And it was actually one of the first things um, Medleap Creative, the company I was working with, suggested is you have got to narrow down your audience. Even if you narrow it down, it's not saying you're excluding those that are older and younger because older and younger are still going to pick it up. But you've got to focus on it's going to affect your design. It's going to affect um, everything. Right. The look of the magazine. Interesting. So, um, so millennials I mean, are out for pretty, you then, huh? 
You're not um, going for millennials you know, anymore. For this, yeah, for this publication, we really are focusing on Gen Z, 16 to 22 year olds. So high 16 school to 22. College, which are, gotcha. Yes, but I mean, you think of that, Andy. That could be split up. I mean, we could just have a high school publication and just a college publication. So, but we're we're attempting 16 to 22. So, um, you know, it's it's a phenomenal um, generation to attempt to reach. Um, mm-hmm. Right now, you know, they are the generation that makes up the majority of our population in the United States. Um, they are considered, according to Barner's research, um, the first post-Christian generation. I mean, that's pretty wow. uh, that's bold words, wow. right? And um, I think, you know, they're very tech-savvy, as you know. I mean, growing up, swapping an iPad right. or a phone before learning their first word, right? Right. Um, a, a really intelligent uh, generation, very uh, tech-savvy, diverse. Uh, there's so much to say about them, but I, I think um, it's definitely a challenge to reach this generation. But I think considering um, where statistics say they are spiritually, um, how could we not attempt something, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to reach in questions that they're asking? So we began to just do, dive into research. Okay, what is this generation really wrestling with what content do we need to address you know what what should we tackle in this in this publication so um you know that that, that type of research barn has been very helpful actually um in gathering that that information uh, helps us really assess okay the topics that we really need to talk about um and then of course we reestablished a a new mission statement and what is that mission statement mi- so our mission statement is to ignite a faith conversation Right. Um, that okay. Deepen that and um, sorry. Oh, that's not oh, it. Oh, it's oh. not just ignite a faith conversation. There's more to it. Okay, sorry. Yes, yes, no, no. But but this whole igniting of a faith conversation is exactly what we're going for. Is wherever you are, with your understanding of who God is, whether you are rooted as firm as a as a tree, right, in your faith with the Lord, or if you're just really questioning, who in the world is God? And, uh, you know, um, what, what does he mean to mm-hmm. me? How does he relate to me? Uh, let's talk about that. Let's just ignite a conversation and let's, um, let's embrace, embrace that. So I think, yeah, I think um, that's kind of one of the first things we had to really address and really tackle is really talking about, um, about addressing that more focused generation. Now, talk to me, too, even about this, the shift in the name. What, what are you thinking of when you use the language peer? Or the well, title peer, yeah. Yes, that that's a good question. So we had to actually register our name, and we had to go through a bunch of um, comprehensive searches with a trademark law firm. Okay, it takes a lot of time. Interesting. We didn't have a lot of time. We only had three months to really pull this off, and those type of searches we couldn't move forward with design or print until we were in the clear. And so some of the names we had really hoped to go with came back with high risk. They were owned oh, really? by companies. Yes, and we were registering it on a number of different categories for merchandise, because we've got merchandise, for online use, for uh, print. And sometimes it would come back uh, high risk in just merch. So we couldn't move forward there. Hmm. We had to start from scratch. So we're praying and brainstorming. And then, um, again, with the help of our company, we were working with them, praying, and a peer came up. We were like, huh, that really is a name that conveys community, connectedness, there's youthfulness in that. Um, it's kind of 
perfect for our audience because they're navigating with peers through high school and college, right? Mm -hmm. And we want this publication to be seen as providing a Christian worldview um, and an opportunity for these readers to learn about the vibrancy of the Salvation Army among peers and share that with their peers. So that was really the, the heart behind it. And praise okay, the Lord, I gotcha. um, the, the search came out clear. And um, so we were able to move forward with that name. I like it. Well, that, that makes sense. It's interesting, too. And there's a significant design change, too. I, I have to admit, like, I can't, yes. I, I, I find it to be, Talk to me about, too, like even visually what's going on. Yes, what are you doing there really. with, with Peer? Oh, boy. So uh, from what we've researched and learned, um, this generation really appreciates authenticity. Right. You know, where a millennial will, um, you know, scroll through all the photos in their camera and, like, post the one where they look the best, you know. Right. <laughs> uh, like, like, Gen Z could be the opposite. Hmm. They would be comfortable posting the worst, like, in their pajamas, not having a good hair day, you right. know, uh, but they'll post that because it's real. It's authentic. It's not fake. And so we've really been challenged to present, um, even on our cover, uh, like it's okay if kids are on our cover with skin that's not perfectly clear. Right. You know? Like let's be real. Let's be authentic. This isn't Facebook, which is face value, right? Yeah, like, it's interesting. This, to, to Gen Z's, Facebook is old. Like, you know, it's Instagram. Right. And, you know, Grandparents use Facebook, right? That they're into. Yeah. That's right. So, so it's, uh, we were trying to present um, some authenticity through photographs that are used, which is hard, but we're working on it. The illustrators, too, before we were using uh, you know, like to stock photography right. to represent uh, the, the heart of the article. So say we're talking about prayer, we would find a picture of somebody praying. Right. And boy, were we challenged on that with this uh, redesign firm, really challenging us to uh, give a little bit more integrity to the audience that we're trying to reach. They don't need us to interpret the text for them through the imagery. Um, let them let them interpret it. Interesting. Uh, allow some imagery that will really, again, connecting to our mission, ignite some conversation. Why would they use that? Right. Why, why would that be, um, you know, utilized? So we started actually branching out to illustrators um, that are not all uh, Christian, actually, by any means. And they're now showing interest through peer. That's a whole other thing. But um, that we reach out to them. We provide them the text for the article. Like, you've written us a beautiful article on holiness that's coming up. We reach out to the, an illustrator that we feel their style would match really the heart of what you've written about. And we pitch this idea. We say, listen, this is the heart of holiness, this article. This is what uh, Captain Andy's written about. Um, here are some pitch ideas for concepts. So, again, now we're talking concepts, right, not right, little right. representations through the imagery. And then we work with them on the artwork. So, yes, the art, the imagery completely changed. Even the paper has changed. It's not it's a glossy, thick paper, isn't shiny. It? Yeah, yeah. Yes, it's it's like almost gritty type of feel. Yes. Yes. Let me, you mentioned my article. Um, I was yes. uh, just to illustrate for folks the way that you're approaching this all in a very different way. You know, I, I, I don't know of how yeah. many articles I've had published in the like the War Cry Young Salvationist through the years. I mean, a, about a dozen. Mm -hmm. And um, normally, I get a, if I get a request or I send something in, and I'll send it in July, and it'll be out maybe August, but definitely by September. So I sent you something, I think it was early August. You had asked for a, kind of like a, a lead article. I was really right. honored to do it, glad to take time to make that happen. And so it got yeah. to be September and I sent you a note and said, um, when's it coming out? 
And is it going to be, right. is it, is it August or September? And you're like, ah, yeah. it's actually <laughs> April because, but, yes. th- and that's fine. That's fine. I'm not hurt at all. Uh, right. I'll, I'll, I'll no. wait. But what's, what's interesting with that is that you're doing that because you're sending this out to artists who are designed. Is that right? I mean, the production schedule yes. has gone up significantly. Absolutely. Yes, yes, we really have to work ahead because we've got to give these artists are creating the artwork from scratch, so we have to get them time. There's um, there's sketches involved. Um, we could always say, nope, we don't actually like the direction that you're going in, hmm. and then we have to do our research, finding a new illustrator that whose direction we do like, and then completely start all over again. So yes, um, the, it does involve more more preparation this way. It's not just finding an image you like, clicking it and downloading it. You right. know, um, there's definitely more work and intention. But we're hoping it's going to spark some more interest. You know, um, we're in 59 universities across the nation, so that's non-salvationist audiences. Okay. That we're making an intentional effort to call universities and say, hey, have you heard of Peer? It's a Salvation Army publication, and we'd love for you to check it out. Can we send you a copy? And, oh, sure, send it over. We send it over. Hey, can we add you on our subscription? We'd love for your students to be getting this magazine. You can put okay. it in your student center or whatever. Now we have young people reaching out to us saying, oh, we heard our friend had Peer at their college. Can you can you add ours? Interesting. Sure, we'd love to. And, um, again, that's a way we can try and embrace people outside the Salvation Army, right? Um, what type of schools are you targeting? And, what type yeah. of colleges are you sending this to? Well, we've reached out to some Christian colleges. Right. And we've also reached out to some non-Christian colleges as well. And we're right. Like, hey, what have we got to lose, right? And we're really we're, – we're following a lot of – all young people are reaching out to us. We've reached out to some DYs as well. Said, hey, what colleges are you – are your young people attending in your division? Can you give us a lead? Um, we also have this massive book that we're kind of working our way through that lists every you know college across the nation. I don't know if we'll ever get through that book, Andy, but right. hey, you've got to dream big, yeah, right? Yeah, you've got absolutely. to dream big. So, yeah. So, so when you do that, the idea is just to get it into the library or get it to various student centers yeah. and just have it out yeah. in something that, that people can grab. That's um, correct. That's correct. And then they can always um, subscribe to have that mailed to their door if they're, say, they're graduating or they want to add a friend, um, you know, on the subscription because the subscription is free for the first year, which, again, is this initiative to really let's embrace as many people as we can with this publication. Let's get it in the hands of young people today. So, yeah, that's the heart. So the subscription is free. So if people are listening to this, they can get a subscription to Peer. Where, Where can they go to do that? peermag.org slash subscribe. Okay. So you do that, and, and you also add to this, um, you know, social media interaction as well. And you're asking yes. authors to do more with that. Tell me tell me about that, how you're engaging social. So in social media, uh, we realized very quickly an, an image that we post was getting um, a decent amount of engagement. Right. When we put up a video... Mm-hmm. It's off the charts. We need more video content. So we've started actually creating uh, GIFs and videos that are l- linked to content in the publication. So, for example, uh, Friday, you'll notice all the content, November 1st, is going to be changed over on the website. We've got three feature articles in every issue. This, The three feature articles this November are addressing some pretty cool topics. So one 
is video games, which we okay, realized, good. okay, this is a this is a hot topic, right? And we've got a professor of media and communications and actually a creator of a new game development program at Trinity Western University in Canada. Oh, okay. He's written for us about uh, video game addiction yeah. and just playing video games, period. Is that all bad or can yeah. there be compromise? Like, what, what, what do we do? And so what do we do on social now to really promote that? So we make a video uh, or, or a GIF about video games, right? Just something short, something pithy, something that's going to just uh, hopefully get people's attention and then direct them, hey, check out the article either on the website or get your copy through Pierre. And we do that with all three. Laura, uh, Lieutenant Laura Finn just wrote about um, how do you give thanks when it's just incredibly difficult to give thanks mm. and just mm-hmm. be really raw, be really real, which is a big question with Gen Z. Why does a good God allow bad stuff to happen? Right, right. So let's address that by somebody who, who's got some experience with that and let, let's talk from a raw perspective. Like, let's just be real. Yes. Yeah, life's, life's, not, life's not always easy. So how do you navigate that through that with God? Um, and so doing a video on that, actually getting the authors, often we'll try and get the authors to uh, speak more into the topic, like Katie Lustig, she wrote about grief. Mm-hmm. She wrote an um, incredible book on her three-year-old daughter that went to be with Jesus, and the book's called Ruby Joy. And she wrote about grief, embracing grief. How do you navigate through that? And then she spoke on a uh, lengthier video that, you know, more than two minutes, deeper into the topic than what she could have written about in 800 words. Right. And so young people can, you know, check out the video. We have a YouTube channel or they could check it out on our social and dive deeper. And so that's also helpful. Like we're really in uh, people like um, Jordan Peterson suggests that we're at a different stage in history where we're making this move of accessing information in a way that we haven't in in past like it's almost like another printing press where um, people can check out podcasts and youtube and it it makes it so you don't have to be literate to be able or 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 like attain a certain academic or intellectual level to consume information so it's great that you're able to do that has there been any i mean one of the challenges that people have even even me doing this podcast is just creating that content is that what are what are the biggest challenges that you have in kind of making this transition yeah i think um you know we do a lot of research about authors that are out there that have really they hit the nail on the mark right Mm -hmm. like they just are really tackling this topic um, in a way that is not only um, it's got to be sound biblically and in uh, in our salvationist tradition, we want to reflect that. We have a tagline: faith, community, culture, and faith is foremost because we want what we what we're presenting. We want it to be sound, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and but we don't want to speak down, you know, to our young people. I feel like often we just think, oh. You know, we got to just make it um, underst- understandable. You know, like just so we, we we shouldn't be talking down to young people. This is right, a very right. like intelligent generation for crying out loud. We've got to we've got to challenge them in their faith and and not hold back on that and speaking truth, but also speaking depth. Right, deep cries out to yes, deep, and amen. we've got to speak speak that depth uh, to our audience. So. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, um, again, I'm, I'm mission st- igniting a faith conversation that will deepen biblical perspective, faith, and holy living. Wow. That's our mission statement. So that directs our content. If we're in line with that, we, we need to talk about this, yes. 
And certainly we try and throw in some things that um, would really be practical and helpful, um, like uh, our uh, in uh, November, we're talking about how do you make a budget? Mm, you know, how do you really save money at this stage when you don't, might not be earning all the money that you wish you could right now in this phase of your life? So how do you invest in that and invest in it well? You know, so um, so contacting authors for that. So yeah, it it, it definitely is a challenge. Um, just finding the right content. There's a lot of writers out there, but. Um, you know, it's exciting to to really be creative and dream big for what our audience wants. Yeah, it's encouraging. Yeah. I just, I mean, I, I've been really intrigued. I didn't expect the conversation to go this way about the the nature of change management that's involved. Have there been has there been much resistance? I mean, it seems like obviously you had great reception from your leaders and the people yeah. who you need to say yes to this idea but what about people in the field do they right. do they is there has there been some resistance and how have you handled that yeah yeah there has been uh, definitely in the minority um, yeah. a few people you know on social media that had went out when we announced our name change of course we had to switch all our social medias over from Everything changed from right. the website shutting down to social media. It's now all peers. We had to recreate everything. And when that announcement was first made of our name change, there was definitely a few comments that um, reflected some resistance. You mm -hmm. know, uh, comments like this is not salvationist. Uh, mm. This is straying from our salvationist roots. And I wow. think um, I think it's really a reminder, well, what is salvationist? Amen. Then, yeah. Know? Is salvationist just what we've always done? Right. Or is salvationist being missional and thinking of those outside our church as well as those within? Of course, we want to disciple those within. We want to reach out. We want to save the lost as well. And so I think those comments were received with um, encouragement that we are a salvationist. Yes. And uh, we're responding as uh, in love to those uh, comments and um, trying to embrace the questions as well. I think that's healthy. Right. Let's embrace the questions and the criticism, and um, let's speak those criticisms though in love and um, and kindness too. So, I like yeah. that. It's so important to be able to get to a place where um, your people who disagree with you, you need to be thankful mm. for them <laughs> in general because they let you know what people are thinking and and really you could be wrong like you could have gone the wrong oh, direction and i could be wrong and we want to be able to be open to listening to our detractors right patrick lencioni talks about being able to like when, when the when people disagree with you you need to say, have welcome it and be ready he, he's kind of a uh, kind of an authenticity expert within a leadership community and uh our, yeah. in, in that writing world and that speaking world i really appreciate that and i'm glad that you're able to to listen to that because ultimately like what is the, the person who claims calls and says you're not being salvationist well like well, you, you dig a little deeper and say, well, what is what what does it mean to to be the Salvation Army? What is That's the goal right. of the Salvation Army? And That's hopefully, right. you can get to a place where you realize there are you share a similar goal. Now, of course, yeah. the challenge is when you get. I, I remember I had a moment with somebody who they, where they were saying, well, it, just just a hypothetical question I posed to them. I said, well, if there if there was no uniforms or no bands uh, in the Salvation Army. Both things that I, I love and can appreciate and, and use. Um, um, but let, would you be a part of the Salvation Army? 
And they said, no, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want it. And so to me, what I realized in that moment was we were really kind of in, we had different foundations for what we're doing. Like ultimately Mm -hmm. those are forms that can be used in the faith. And same thing could be with peer, like, and young salvations. If you went back to young salvationists, would you still, um, by going to peer, are you less, uh, army and, Ultimately, it comes to a more fundamental question, which I so appreciate you having the courage and in, in NHQ and your husband being able to tackle mm-hmm. these questions. So yeah. we really appreciate yeah. you taking this on, Pam. Amen. Oh, listen, I'm, I, it's just such an honor. It's such a privilege. It's very humbling to, to be in a position like this and just um, keep plodding away, keep seeking what the Lord wants to do. You know, um, as I mentioned, we don't always see the fruit of the labor. Like we'll we'll get, you know, emails and we have um, like BRCs that it stands for business reply cards that are, you know, people can subscribe if they need prayer. And there's yeah. a checkbox, Andy, that is so moving. It says, have you received Jesus Christ in your life as a result of this magazine? And hmm. Let me tell you what it means to me. When we 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 just added up the the names between September and October, and there were fourteen people. Amy, wow! Praise the Lord. Fourteen that received Jesus Christ in those two months, and I, you know that's what it's about. Yes, eleven people uh, just over the past six uh, issues have requested, I want information on officership. Wow. I don't know, what does that mean? 53 people, just in two months, requested wow. prayer. Like we're, we're facing some difficult stuff. Can you guys pray for us? I think that is, that salvationist. Right? Yes, amen. That we are, are, are thinking what, about the mission of God's mission in the world today and reaching young people. Like that, that excites me and that, that motivates me to keep going. And, the, and I love how you said this is God's mission. Of course, you know, one of the things that I've appreciated, um, General Shaw Clifton talked about how God raised up the Salvation Army and that um, if the Salvation Army is not faithful to salvationism, he'll find somebody else to do it. I mean, ultimately, we yeah. exist not because of wow. an institution or a movement yeah. or a structure. Right. Like it's mm. the reason we're in it, is like that I'm in this is because this is what God is doing in the world. And this is one particular way that his kingdom can yeah. be expressed. Amen. Amen. That is so true. And what a privilege that we get to be his hands and feet in it all. Yes, right? absolutely. Like, I mean, wow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you can use us in a small way to do that. Yeah. Well, let me ask you one more question. So what's hap- uh, what's God doing in your life now? Are there, is there something you're reading that uh, is particularly, particularly helpful to you? Oh, my goodness. Um, me personally, I've been so challenged. I I was reading a, a couple of, to be honest with you, I was reading some historical novels hmm. and was really moved uh, by some things that I was reading. And the Lord was really challenging me, hey, I want you to get back in my word hmm. more, deeper in my word. And so I've been um, actually tackling, I've been looking at the book of Luke lately okay. and just trying to get back in, into the word. Um, I read something interesting that um, William Booth apparently had written down a couple of resolutions on a scrap piece of paper, like as a, as a young boy, right? right. And w- he wrote down that he would want to read four chapters a day. Wow. I'm telling okay. you, Andy, yeah. I'm no William Booth, but some days I can't get past four words. Wow. I can't get past four words. And it's like the Holy Spirit has really been moving me just to digest his word, to even, even some, like Jesus wept, two words. Yes. 
just really assessing the context of those words, how that impacts me today, how that impacts my faith, mm. um, the before, the after, the whole scenario of where Jesus was. I'm just being so moved just to dive deeper in his word. I certainly have read some great books, but I think they've lately, like especially this this month, I've just been moved to just dive deeper into his word and just allow his word to really um, change me. I think th- that we can't be holy without him and without right. his word. And I think really striving for holiness, not only um, personally, but through this appointment, just yes. walking, doing what Jesus would do, be holy as I'm holy. Be ho- and I can't do that um, through my own wisdom or experience or knowledge or gut of what would work. You know, I need to stay connected to the vine. So I think I think that that's really what I would honestly share is I've just been really challenged to really get deeper in his word and just um, chew and digest, even if it's four words or yeah, sentence sure. or two. You know? That's great. Yeah. Well, Pam, thank you for taking time to be on, on this. Of course, you gave some of the information. We'll try and um, note that in the podcast description as well so people can get Peer Magazine themselves. Um, and I hope we can get Keith you. on here to talk about some of the things that have rolled out from NHQ um, as well. But That'll we just we appreciate you and the uh, steps, courageous steps that you've taken. You could have just gone on, been there and kept it going just like it had been um, with mm-hmm. Young Salvationists. But appreciate you tackling mm-hmm. this for this next thank generation. You, all, all glory to God. Amen. And listen, thank you so much for the opportunity to be on Captain's Corner. Ah, um, there it is. It's really been a thrill. It's really been awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Captain's Corner. Next week on the podcast, we have Dr. Russ Rook, author, speaker, and partner at Good Faith Partnership. If you'd like to learn more about us, please feel free to check us out at tampasa.org and give us a follow on Twitter at Sal Army Tampa. And of course, go ahead and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Thanks so much for joining us. See you next time.